The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. We say it every week, yada, 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 yada. I mean, it's obviously you get more than one reminder every week because uh, thanks to you guys, we just had our biggest month in March. So thank you to everyone new who has been subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts, I still think is a thing. Um, I heart, I, I heart radio, wherever you get podcasts, we're there, download it. And thank you because we just had our biggest month as I, I repeating myself. Now, March was our biggest month, not even the season and not even the draft. We're talking about free agency and you guys were all here. So thank you. That is how I'm going to open this by thanking you and, uh, navel gazing just a bit. And now we will stop because that's embarrassing. So I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter, and I am the resident weirdo. I am the resident sleepless boy. I am the resident guy who is going to bloviate about the Detroit Lions and the one who's actually going to be the one to try to bring me back to reality. Sometimes Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit on Lion, the man who runs Pride to Detroit. How are you? I'm I'm good, sleepy boy. Uh, are you going to make it? I'm fine. You'll be okay. I'm okay. fine. All right. I'm fine. I actually found out Panera has these like charged lemonades that have like the caffeine of five Red Bulls. Oh. And I feel like that's my holy grail now. So I need to go get one. Hashtag not Ned. 
Not an ad. No, we have ads coming later, though. Sure. For another type of food. You know what it is. Uh, Ryan Matthews. Black is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Is this how we're going to ask how, how we're doing on every podcast now? Are you a sleepy boy, Ryan? Um, I, I don't know. I'm just living life. Uh, I'm doing well, but thanks, guys. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you? Ready to talk about more Lions stuff this week? Because that's what we do here. Yes, and I prom- I promise to stop doing the I-, I keep telling myself each week, like, get get right to it. Don't do the BS and yank around. And then this happens. So uh, let's start right away. We're going to be talking a little bit. We do this every year. We talk about trade up and trade down because I think every Lions fan has very strong opinions, no matter where you are in the draft about trading up or trading down. And we will get right. We will get to that here in the second uh, topic. But first, as always, we do have to do our kind of roundup of the biggest news. And I think uh, we we had a theme, Jeremy, last week of getting the band back together. Yeah. When the Lions brought back uh, uh, Jalen, Re- uh, uh, Jalen Reeves, Mabin and Graham Glasgow. Well, later in the week, a third getting the band back together happened with Marvin Jones, Jr., yeah, the Lions lost DJ Shark to free agency. And I was wrong. I expressed skepticism as far as I didn't think they would fill this through free agency. I believe one or both of you said that they would. And the Lions go and get a familiar name. One year, three million deal for Marvin Jones to come back to Detroit. Incentives can make it, I believe, five million and compare that to DJ Shark, who got one year, five million fully guaranteed in Carolina. So are we happy with this? Do we believe this makes sense for the Detroit Lions? And where do you kind of see Marvin's role being? And and I, I guess it's a larger question, too. Well, I'll, I'll hold that one to the side because I've got a theory about some of these guys coming back so much. But anyway, go on. Go on, Jeremy. Well, I mean, it's it, it's not like a monumental move. Uh, I think there was a very, very positive reaction on Twitter for a very simple reason. Everyone likes this guy. He's a very yes. likable guy, and he's a pretty good football player. Now, he's 33. They're giving him a one-year deal worth $3 million, like you said. We don't know exactly how that breaks down, so we don't know how many guarantees are, are necessarily baked into that or anything like that. Um, so, I, you know, I, in terms of on-field production, you should probably set the bar pretty low. Like, he, he was starting to his production was falling off in Jacksonville. And part of that was they were bringing in more guys, but I, I think he's a guy that, that will play a little bit. Um, he'll probably push Josh Reynolds for some playing time. He's, he's definitely not a one-to-one replacement for DJ Chark. And I don't think anyone sees it that way or should see it that way. Obviously DJ Chark is what 26, 27. He's much younger. Uh, he's much faster. Um, but Marvin Jones is a, is a possession receiver guy who's going to ha- bring, a reliable pair of hands might be a good red zone threat. Um, and, you know, maybe like a 20 to 30 reception guy this year, which is something that helps, right? It helps. It's not, it doesn't completely fill your need both in, in the now and in the future. It certainly doesn't fill it in the future, um, but it's a nice, it's a nice pickup. It's a good story. And um, it's, it's contingency plans, right? What we always talk about with free agency, it's a contingency plan. So if they don't get a wide receiver high in this draft. They have a lineup that's pretty darn good. It's not great. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, 
can't understate how big of a locker room leader he'll be right um what a what a great mentor for guys like Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameson Williams and even Josh Reynolds like th- there's a lot that can be learned about being a professional and hand- handling your business and we were you know witnesses to all that during Marvin Jones first stint here in Detroit and um yeah that 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 part can't be understated but his his role on the field is just going to be that it's going to be a role. Um, as, as you mentioned, Jeremy, like a possession receiver, he's that big body receiver that you want in the red zone. Um, he's the guy who can make the catch when you put it anywhere in his catch radius. And that's a pretty big one for, for the size that he has and the size that he boasts. So I, I really like this move in the short term. It's a, uh, I don't even want to call it a stopgap. It's just a solution. Like the Lions had a problem. They were they were missing some depth. Um, losing Shark definitely, it, to me, it sucked. Um, I, I really wanted to see DJ Shark come back, but I understand why he moved down to Carolina. All that being said, pretty good, I guess, consolation prize in, in getting Marvin Jones back. Now, two words have been mentioned here is role and mentor. So Ryan, like, how much and and I, everything you just said about Marvin Jones feels like what the Lions want Jamison Williams to be to a T. Like maybe not as much as the big body, but so where where do you see him as far as being like Jamison's Williams mentor? Like what is the thing that JMO could probably take the most away from having Marvin Jones here in Detroit? I mean, I truthfully, just because they are receivers who win in different ways, you know, Jamison Williams is a guy who's got track speed for days. Um, mm-hmm. That was never really part of Marvin Jones game, so to speak. I think the biggest thing that Marvin Jones will do for Jamison Williams is he will show him how to be a professional f- football wide receiver in the mm-hmm. NFL. And I want to yeah. kick this. T- oh, sorry. Go go on, Jeremy. Well, the only thing I was going to add is like, the more like, and and this is going to sound like we're being overly protective of Jameson Williams and overly concerned about Jameson Williams's character, and and I don't think that's what we're we're trying to do. Like Jameson Williams loves football; he's going to work hard; he's going to be fine. But at the same time, like you invested a lot in that guy, so surround him with as many positive role models as possible. There's nothing wrong with that. And Marvin Jones is that guy. Amon Ra is that guy, right? Like if you want a guy who shows you work ethic and and you know putting everything on the field. Amon Ra is going to teach you that it's not all about just running fast. It's about nuance in terms of your, your route running, which I think Marvin Jones is also pretty good at. And it's about blocking, um, which again, not something really that you have to worry with Jameson Williams. Cause that dude will yeah, this, just run on a punt, but this has been a very fascinating off season as far as the narrative on Jameson Williams, hasn't it done? Like this has kind of come out of nowhere on a guy who's played single digit NFL games yeah. coming off a very serious injury that suddenly that, there's a problem with his work ethic or does he want to play football? I feel like Jeremy, we are kind of just yelling at the trees a little bit here just to, uh, just to entertain ourselves. But I, what I wanted to ask you was, and uh, because the draft, it is now April, it is now yep. April in the D and the Tigers are zero and three, but does this change? But because it is April in the D it means we're talking about the draft and the draft is omnipresent. And I guess I must ask, as always, does this change the draft strategy for the Detroit Lions now that they are now, I believe, four to five deep on their wide receiver core? Because including with their special teams needs for for wide receiver covered as well. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think it really changes. It it gives them more freedom, right? Which is, again, what what has always been the the goal of the free agency is just knock out your, your immediate need so that you can just grab a football player. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but um, 
No, I, I mean, you, you look at the long term, you, you draft for the long term. And so you have Jamison Williams for the long term. You're probably going to have Amon Ra for the long term. And that's it. That's it. That I mean, you literally don't have anyone else signed, I don't think, beyond this year. Um, so it's still a, a relatively significant long-term need. And so if the right guys there at whatever pick, whether it's 18, whether it's, you know, second round, third round, seventh round, I, I think it's still a, a relative need that the lines will address, but they don't have to address. I have, I have a question that I'm going to put a pin in and I will okay. save it for a segment two. So that's, that's your tease to, to join us in segment Ooh. two. Ryan follow up question. Yep. <laughs> Stick around for that. But uh, we are moving on. And I do want to real quick note. I know the Lions did hire a new athletic tra- trainer, Michael Sundin from the Denver Broncos, re- replacing uh, Kevin Baston, who's been with the team for a total of, I believe, uh, six years, not consecutive. He had a couple years off there in 20 in 2020 to in 2021. But um he is replaced there. I don't know how much of an impact that makes, but uh, always fascinating to watch that uh, go around. I'm sure some of the some of the more conspiracy minded Lions fans would talk about injuries, but I think my more sorry, Jerry, you're making me that face like you wanted well, to throw something. Yeah, just but, I mean, really quick. I mean, yeah, the, I think Lions fans are probably happy about this news. Again, you're right. Like it's hard to suss through how much this is going to actually impact the team, but the Lions have been a a an injured team, right? In the past couple of years, they've, they've mm-hmm. been top 10 in terms of adjusted games lost, which is football outsiders way of measuring not only the amount of games lost by injury, but the importance of each player. So, you know, quarterbacks are weighted heavy, right? That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so they, they bring in this guy. Um, they also bring, I, I was going to forget his name. So I wanted to make sure I pulled it up. Uh, Brett Fisher, uh, their, their trainer, uh, another new trainer that they brought in this off season. And that was also one of the lower marks that they got in that NFLPA report was their training room and that sort of stuff. So well, they're, it's they're fasc- putting resources into it, which is, a- I was going to say, it's fascinating. You have mentioned the, the, the training room and the marks they got from that NFLPA survey survey, which was very eye opening earlier this year. But because one of the things we heard out of the owners meeting, um, there was a lot of good stuff from the owners meeting that we, uh, we spent most of last week, just talking about the picture of the uh, coaches all gathered for the, for the Sunday school uh, picture, but Rod Wood president for the Detroit lions did mention that they are considering moving from Allen park, their longtime training home and facilities, kind of the nerve center outside of Ford field. Ryan, what do you take from this news? I mean, Allen park, isn't like the best, like, accessible area like it seems like it's like needlessly like in the middle of nowhere Um, as with a lot of detroit suburbs sometimes yes yeah i don't know no i mean no knock on allen park if you live in allen park or you're from the surrounding area but like it just always seems like it's such a huge hassle during training camp in terms of like how am i parking how am i getting to you know the facilities to watch the team practice and um it's just in this really weird i I don't know. How would you explain it, Jeremy? Like in, in a sense of like there, there's shops, but like nothing is in with like walking distance or anything right. like which is like most of Detroit. Right. Like everything sure. needs to be driven to. But um, I don't know, like. OK, if they want to, that's cool. If they don't, <laughs> I, whatever. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I think the entire point is they want to stretch their legs right now. And, and to me, it's not so much about Ellen Park. I mean, it is nicely right off the freeway and all that sort of stuff, but it's it's just about like they're in a warehouse. It feels like they're in a warehouse. That's that's the entire grounds is their their building. Their facility is, is kind of small. I think that's part of the reason, right? 
part of that not enough land probably just not enough land to go around for what they want to develop there and i mean if you are terry if you are talking about renovation of training facilities if if you're also talking about needing more land then probably you might just start to consider a new facility altogether in some other position there's there's no room for expansion at all there you know that one of those nflpa things was that the cafeteria was too small and so they, they want to expand. They want to stretch their legs. And there's just not a lot of area there. And then I think really the main thing that drove this home was training camp. Um, they want huge crowds for training camp. They went, we, I went to the Colts place and they have this crazy setup. It's not on hard knocks, right? Yeah. It's not on location for their team facility that they, they, they go somewhere for the actual practices. And I'm not sure they want that, but they want that big open area that can drive tens of thousands of people to training camp, whereas they're, I think they're drawing like 2,500 or, or somewhere around that range. So that's, I think that's pushing a lot. And like, and, and I don't know, I think this is just more examples of, of the lions investing in this team, investing in their own team, the, the, whether it's the, the Hamps, the Fords, Rod Wood, like they're all trying to better this experience in a lot of ways in which we haven't really seen in a while. Like we've seen, bits and pieces like I, I know like they digitized their tapes a, a few years back and they're they you know they always have additions at Ford Field and things like that but now they're making like big sweeps right like they're they're changing the turf a year ahead of time they're they're thinking about big sweeping changes to their facility and, and moving to the facility and you know it just it, it feels like everything is shifting in this organization and maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into it because we're all riding a high right now in the organization but um just the fact that they're considering something like this to me is um, a really positive move because I think I think most people are kind of sick of of training camp there. And the, the other thing that I, I really hope they make this change, because part of the reason I think training camp isn't well attended, besides the fact that the team isn't very good, besides the fact that, you know, the the capacity is 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 relatively low. They do their practices at the worst time. And I know you're you're doing it more for yourself, right? Like you want to get on a certain type of schedule mm-hmm. and things like that. But when you're doing when like all the public practices are Monday at 10 a.m., like how are you going to draw big crowds? Like these people need to work. Ryan's got to work. He's got to teach the kids. Yeah, well, not during the summer. That's like the only time I'm available to <laughs> to go check out the Lions. But um, th- there's some people in our Twitch chat that are like, "Are there any areas like downtown?" Um, they, I mean, you could just uh, you could nuke Comerica Park. Ford Field right across the street. I was gonna Nothing say I was gonna say happening there anyways. If you're year, gonna if so. you're gonna bring up the Tigers, I'm sure I'm sure like uh District Detroit has certainly come a long way. I thought the Illiches were going to have probably have that very well developed now. I haven't been back to Detroit in a minute. I'm sure yeah. that's really really well built out now, Ryan, is it not? All um, that I'm land fa- that we gave to Mike Illich for very cheap. I'm I'm fairly certain that if Chris Illich could have it his way, he would turn Comerica Park into just another parking lot in Detroit. Um, But yeah, so enough kicking the Tigers while they're down. Um, They're going to be down for a while. We'll have our I was going to say, we'll have have plenty of time (laughs) over the next decade to do that. Um, (laughs) Well, I I do think what will drive it home for the Lions about the, the, because Jeremy, you mentioned kind of the, the organizational envy of seeing the Indianapolis Colts. I think what will drive it home is the Lions. It was announced they are going to have joint practices with the Giants in Detroit for this training camp season. And I think that might be the, uh, if the Giants aren't very impressed with what the with the Lions have, then 
it that might I think further drive home. It's like, all right, it's time to it's time to upgrade and and move yeah. and move camp. And but, and this you know this isn't the first time they've had joint practices here. In fact, I think they it was with the Giants back in I want to say like 2018 or so mm. um, when when Matt Patricia was still here. So yeah. um, but but you can really sense how crowded it gets when when that happens, right? Right. Um, and so yeah, I think that's going to be another like eye opening reminder, like. Rod Wood basically said, like, we're still thinking about it. I wanted to make the decision this year if we were going to move or not. And he said, I'm just not going to be able to have the information to make that decision this year. I think joint practices might like be like, OK, we we got to do this. There's there's just not enough room here. Always, always good. Always good when the when the in-laws come over and have uh, less than flattering things to say about the China. Right. Right. But um, one other thing did come out from the owners meeting, and that was from Brad Holmes. Now, I know I'm leaving a couple things in the cutting room floor here because we're pushing time as always. But um, one of the things Brad Holmes, I thought was fascinating, was talking about uh, the quarterback position, Jeremy, particularly about. Once again, backing Jared Goff, because it's very important to know that everyone knows they back Jared Goff to the hilt, which continues conversations that I think that are never going to be resolved regardless of that. But also he decide, decided to defend the re-signing of Nate Sudfeld. Yeah. Um, in case you don't have this up right now, I do know one of the things that stuck out to me was him saying that it was down to about three guys, including Nate and they looked at the other two and decided they were going to go with Nate Sudfeld. And they are aware, though, that it's the mystery is behind Nate is that he just hasn't had playing time. Yeah, l- listen, <laughs> I I don't want to get too bent out of shape out of the backup job. It's more important this year than it was in the in the past. Right. Like this is a team that's going to contend now. And so if anything happens to Jared Goff and, and they want to keep the boat afloat. They, they need a, a legitimate backup. And I don't know, Brad Holmes said like there were three guys they were trying to get in free agency. One of them was Nate Sudfeld. The other two just didn't work out. And now I feel like he's trying to sell us and like, oh, Nate Sudfeld is right up there with the guys we wanted at quarter at backup quarterback. When you can just pull his quotes from the NFL combine and say, quote, we don't have a lot behind him talking about Jared Goff. Quote, we're happy with Jared Goff. He's our starter, but we need to add some pieces in that room overall. He is not talking about bringing back Nate Sudfeld. He was talking about how poor of a job he did last year at the backup quarterback job. And so bringing back Nate Sudfeld is not a solution. Um, and and the way he said it, 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 you know, the Teddy Bridgewater fans out there. Ryan. That way. Uh, the, way he, the way he said that, they were looking at three guys, didn't work out with two of them, makes it sound like, Teddy Bridgewater isn't, you know, ready to sign with his team once the draft is over. So if they're going to add to this room, sure sounds to me like they're going to draft a guy. And I don't I I still don't think it's going to be high necessarily, but it could be. Um, And it it won't be. I don't think it'll just be like a seventh round guy. I think I think any really anywhere between the, the first and fifth round, I think, are probably realistic. I still tend to think it's going to be a day two or day three guy. Yeah, I, everybody and their mother should be Teddy Bridgewater fans at this point. If you're <laughs> if you're a fan of the Detroit Lions and you want the Lions to do something that's worthwhile at the backup quarterback position, you should be hoping that Brad Holmes is is reaching out to another veteran because I'm I'm not trying to overreact to this at all, but I'm just saying that like Nate Sudfeld and Jared Goff and Tim Boyle, they're all kind of like a type. And Seems like Brad Holmes is a type until he proves me otherwise. So 
there's an opportunity in this draft for him to prove us otherwise, right? Like, I mean, if if Nate Sudfeld, for all intents and purposes, is you know he's going he's going into camp, right? There's no guarantee that Nate Sudfeld is on this football team. Sure. Um, you know, when when September rolls around, but that means that Brad Holmes is going to draft a guy, and like you said, Jeremy, depending on where that guy gets drafted, I'm I'm really I'm really interested to see who that guy is. As am I, as I'm sure all Lions fans are, as they once again relitigate battle number 183 over not quite about the backup quarterback position, but just about all the quarterbacks in general. We'll expand that and obviously probably get to that here very soon. I know one of the things I had to cut from the Spotify live podcast was a very good question about the quarterback position, just because I know the caller's audio was a little too low, but um we have a lot of ground to cover in that regard, and it's the one that's not going to go away. But anyway, I think that's enough teasing of the trade-up, trade-down conversation. Want to get into it? On the other side, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, let's give what least we, we've been a little we've been a little mean to Alan Park, so I do want to be a little positive about it in the regards that there is something that, that you can only get at at Allen Park right now, Jeremy. Well, I say only, but there are other means to get it, but it's at Allen Park. That's right. You know what it is? No clue. Ryan, you want to take a swing at this? Is it meat? Yes, meat and meat products. We are talking about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky because it's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions and it's available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park, and you rest assured it will come with them wherever they go if they do leave Allen Park. Yeah, I left out that part of the reason they want to change facilities is they their their tub of of beef jerky is not big enough. Doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. They need they need more jerky storage. They need, need more meat stick storage. <laughs> it's hard to store all that protein. Two ounce bag of jerky has sixteen to twenty grams of protein. Each of those sticks is eight grams of protein. That's a lot of protein, Jeremy. It's a lot. I mean. Where you put all that protein? Not in Allen Park. You shouldn't be putting in your belly. You shouldn't be putting your belly. Well, we're going to help you with that because if it's good enough for the Lions, it's good enough for you too. Uh, Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they lose, use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef and prides itself on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Like they got meat sticks that are taco-flavored. I think the uh, Tigers at some point are going to be playing the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, God help them. Maybe they'll get some wins by then. But speaking of Baltimore, they do have a Maryland crab spice jerky flavor. Amazing. Yeah, you love it. I might just order an entire barrel of that. I I don't know if they sell them by the barrel, but I'm going to make them sell. You can get bulk back. You can get bulk back. I need to get some on the Terry. Like, this is the thing. Like, they sent us a, a sampler pack when we started this relation with them. And uh, we actually enjoyed it. We enjoyed it a lot, and we have ordered it several times ourselves. So we're not just doing this just for the money. The money helps, but at the same time, the jerky is also fantastic, too. So, uh, hey, guess what? We've also got a promo code for you. I said we'd help you out here. POD15 is a promo code you can use at RighteousFelon.com. No matter how big or how small your order, it will get you 15% off your order. So go to RighteousFelon.com and use promo code POD15. Very easy to remember that. POD, Pride of Detroit, 15, 15% off. Righteousfellow.com, POD 15. Coming up next in the Pride of Detroit POD cast, trade up 
or trade down. Ryan had some good thoughts on it this week, so we're going to tackle them as a family next on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Pride of Detroit POD cast. It's time for the trade up, trade down conversation. Trade up or trade down. The Lions can trade up. I'm going to trade down. And I swear to God, if Jeremy set, talks about staying put or someone talks about staying put, I will just kneecap someone. You have only two choices here. And we're going to talk about scenarios of trading up and trading down. But let's recap the Lions situation. Lions right now in the top 100 have of the draft have five picks, 6, 18, 48, 55, and 81 the first three rounds, plus Outside of the top 100, 152, 183, and 194. But we all know that this is all about what they're going to do in the first round. That's why you're here. You want the, the clickbaity stuff. You don't care if they're going to trade in the second round. That, that's fun. That's We'll talk about that in a second. But it's all about that first round, right, Ryan? It's all about that first round with a pick that, quite honestly, they were lucky to have that high, and they might not have as high a pick again if things pan out for next year. Yeah. And I know you were expecting Jeremy to be the wet blanket and to fence it and to hedge and be like, ah, I don't know. You just stay put. But here's the one thing I do want to say about six. When you do a mock draft and you trade back, there is a cost. And I know you're getting draft capital back, but it always just feels like if you're trading back, you're missing out on one of those blue chip players. And you're missing out on a blue chip player when, like you said, Chris, the Lions are getting a pick that I mean, they shouldn't be drafting in the top six. Um, th- this is a pick that has been, you know, bestowed upon them um, thanks to Matthew Stafford and his back. So um, I, thanks, I find that, I, I, I do find that a very interesting exercise because because, again, this is like the only thing that I think mock drafts are are useful for is like, hey, as you move around the board, who's available? And that's ultimately what this question about trade up or trade down is. And I think that's an interesting thing to to keep in mind is that like you move out of six, 
you're not talking about Jalen Carter anymore. You're likely not talking about Christian Gonzalez, or you're not talking about, you know, maybe even Devin Witherspoon or, or, you know, some of these other players that Tyree Wilson, like those guys all of a sudden come off the board, you know, depending on how far you trade back, but anything trading back wise, we should start, we should start there. I think we should start with trading back because that's always the most popular opinion amongst sure uh, draft fans, yes. right, Jeremy? Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Trading back is always ideal. In my opinion, I, I feel like you, you want to maximize your opportunities to, to get it right. Um, because that's ultimately the, the most proven strategy in the NFL draft is just the more picks you have, the better chance you're eventually going to land a, a, a good player. Um, it, it, a trade down from six is interesting because you have to like it to me, it's all based on tiers, right? You don't want to miss out on your tier of player necessarily. And so is there that blue chip option at six? I think if the board runs the way that a lot of people think that it's going to run three quarterbacks, Jalen Carter and, and Will Anderson, I think an argument could be made that that is the end of a tier right there. And yes. six would be start of another tier, which means you could trade back. You could say, we like Devin Witherspoon, but we'd be fine with Christian Gonzalez. We'd be fine with Joey Porter. We'd be fine with maybe some of the edge guys. Um, I the trick, be- though, yeah. the trick though is that if you're ending a certain tier of player, everyone else probably feels that way too. That's so what I was going to say. You have to have a trade yep. down partner, and unless you have one team that is really interested in Will Levis, and I'm just using him as, as the example of let's say he's the quarterback available, maybe Anthony Richardson is available there too. Um, and you know it all. It only takes one interested team to to get aggressive and and jump, you know whoever um, they they think they need need to jump. But I I do wonder if it's going to be easy to find a trade down partner at six because I like I said I do think there's a tier of players that kind of have a very possible chance of ending at five there. I I think what's interesting though, Jeremy, is the name you brought up, Will Levis, right? Because there is this obviously the assumption that one and two are going to be quarterbacks. Um, You know, most of them seem to be either locked in CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, flip flop them, whichever way you want to go. But it seems like there is just going to be that third quarterback that's taken before pick six. So one of these guys that like, there are teams I like, I can, I can tell you with like, with certainty and from all the reading that I've been doing that like Will Levis is still a hot commodity. Like he's still going to be a first round draft pick. Now is somebody going to be like Jeremy said that gung ho about him that they feel they need to move up and move past, you know, teams that might be, you know, also in the, um, in the interest of adding a player like Will Levis. So like you said, though, Jeremy, it only takes one. Um, I I I do find it interesting though. Like you bring up about like the tiers of, of players and, you know, if if both Jalen Carter and Willette Anderson, the two defensive players that I would probably be cool with picking, obviously the Jalen Carter thing requires a lot of know-how and knowledge that I will not be privy to. But if Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell feel comfortable in drafting him, I- I'm cool with that. But if if neither of those guys are there at six, I, I do kind of view it as, oh, the Lions missed out on the first tier of players. Right. And and to go back to Will Levis really quick, like I don't know what the Raiders are thinking. I don't know what the Falcons are thinking. Those are you know, those are seven and eight. Those are the two teams. Right. That maybe another team like Tennessee or something wants to jump. The Raiders, they they have Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know what they think of Jimmy Garoppolo. Do they think of him as a potential long term solution? Do they think of him? Or do they maybe see them like the Lions saw Goff a couple of years ago? It was just like he could be. 
Josh Maybe. McDaniels is their head coach. I, I mean, I have no idea what they're doing. Right. I, the, from 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 everything I know from people who cover the Raiders and talk to Raiders out here on the West Coast, like the Raiders just operate on a different logic pattern and see themselves as much closer than they actually are year in and year out. So I. I would not. I would not put it past them. They maybe see G- Jimmy as like a win now option. So it that that's what makes this really hard because right. you don't know how they regard Jimmy. Yeah, and I would say the the Falcons are are in a similar situation, having drafted what's his name last year. Can't think of his name. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter last year. Desmond Ritter. But like, yeah, it, it's Franchise funny because like it, probably probably not. No, and I, I think people have been overvaluing the 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 Falcons' talents a little bit. They are still a very low talent team right now they're still about a year so they're still some time away right so they might not be ready to, to to take that quarterback jump i don't know like that that's all the calculus that needs to go into a trade down i think because i don't know if there's going to be a defensive player or an offensive lineman or whatever that that people are going to feel the need to jump those two teams like other than maybe a quarterback that feels like maybe it's the only position and, and hmm. maybe i need to do a little like maybe Maybe like a Bears, like they really want an offensive tackle. They really want one of the top offensive linemen. They're afraid the the Raiders or or, or the Falcons are going to get someone maybe. wants to jump them for Paris Johnson, right? Right, but again, again, it feels like we're in a second tier where a lot of these options are are equal ish in value that that maybe wouldn't mm-hmm. warrant to trade up. Well, let me let me put it on the other foot since we're still on the topic of quarterback. We'll get to other positions of needs and and some more of this, but. Um, Again, Ryan, one of the fascinating things about this is that, and we've talked about this a little bit, and I know we are going to get pegged again as being the Jared Goff haters just for even bringing this up, which seems still ludicrous to me that this is a completely unbroachable topic in the eyes of some fans. But I have noticed several trade up mock drafts that having the Lions going up from six going after a quarterback. And I know you, Ryan, have talked about this as far as like, Again, it's it's what I said off the top. If you're not going to be here again and you have Jared Goff currently under contract for two years and there's no one else that tickles your that, I mean, and you want to plan for the future, you want to make something sustainable and you believe in a quarterback in this draft and he's still there at three, then the Lions trading up at three, how feasible is that? I mean, it's totally feasible with with the draft picks that Brad Holmes has accumulated here over the first, you know, the first couple of seasons. Whether it's the Matthew Stafford trade that they, you know, have picked six for right now, or it's the TJ Hawkinson trade where you know they picked up an extra second rounder from from Minnesota this year. So right now, the Lions just are in a position where they can afford to take a swing at a guy, but I want to always put the disclaimer that it has to be their guy. And that is a tough, that's a tough thing to suss out because you're not going to find that out until draft day. You're not going to find out until the guys go one and two. And if your guy happens to be there, I mean, maybe there's a surprise. Maybe Anthony Richardson is, you know, the second quarterback off the board. Maybe he's the first quarterback. Who knows? You know, I I think that there's, there is this kind of understanding that it's going to be Stroud and Young. But I mean, crazy, crazier things have happened. Now, the only I'll I'll say the most recent example. okay, and and I think this is an example that is kind of um, uh, maybe tainted the water when it comes to understanding exactly what it would cost the Lions to move up to three. Right. Because if they're going to move up to to a team that needs a quarterback or if they're moving up 
past a team that needs a quarterback, the Colts are at four. So the Lions would have to move up three in order to get their guy, if their guy is there. I'm I'm not putting anybody on blast. I'm I'm saying that, you know, you you read one article and uh over at the athletic and they do great work. You know, Nick Baumgartner says, you know, trading six and forty-eight is a slight overpay. Um now by the draft trade chart, that, that's true. It is a slight overpay. Uh in 2018, I'll tell you that if you can't remember, you don't recall. Um, I mean, weeks before the draft even started, the Jets moved up from six to three with the with the Indianapolis Colts. They traded picks six, 37, 49, and a second round pick in 2019 to get to get up to three. Uh, to take Sam Darnold. Uh, now, you might turn the podcast off right then and there when I said moved up to get Sam Darnold because that's always the inherent risk, right? right. Like you move up, you want to take your swing. Now, Jets probably not in the place to do that. The Jets considering how many times they've, they've swung and miss on quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah, the Jets were a very desperate team in 2018 in that same offseason, literally two days before they make that trade. They offer $90 million to Kirk Cousins, guaranteed. Kirk Cousins says, that's a pretty good offer. Minnesota, can you be in this ballpark? And they say, yes, we can. So he goes back to Minnesota uh, instead of having to go play for the New York Jets. Um, So that's the thing, is that teams that are willing to give up that much are desperate. The Lions are not desperate right now. Right. They are not desperate enough to move up because they had Jared Goff. And and if it is going to cost that much to move up, it's personally to me, I understand that the quarterback position is extremely valuable. To me, it's still not worth it, though. Yeah. And that that kind of jumped into what I was going to say, because the fact that the Lions are in such a good position with their overall roster, because they are in such a good position with the draft picks that they have. I feel like you can use that for either argument. You can say like, wow, they're in a really good spot. They don't need an immediate contra- contributor right now. They can take a risk like this. They, they, they're they in a position to take a luxury pick, as a lot of people like to put it. But on the same task, they are in such a good position right now that they shouldn't force, like they don't have to force anything. They're such, in such a comfortable position where they can just let the draft come to them and take whoever they want, any position they want. And so it, it, you can kind of make the the argument either way, but I'm I think I'm with you. And it, if you go by some of the things that, that you know that Dan Campbell quote about, you know we're we're looking at quarterbacks, but we're not going to force it, right? Where Jared Goff has bought us time so that we don't feel the need to go out and and force a, a, a position a, a, a person at quarterback. And so I think that plays more into your second point, where they're just like, listen. The guy's there either at six, maybe at four or five, and they feel the itch. Maybe they'll pull that deal, but they are not going to go out of their way. They're they're not a desperate team that needs a quarterback this offseason in particular, even though they are set up in a very good way in which they have the draft capital. They can let a quarterback sit on the bench for a couple of years. All those things are true, but that doesn't make them desperate to grab a guy, which means I would be very shocked if they traded up. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, like, I – there, any any trade up scenario is much like with trading down. Like it's it's a matter of is your guy there? there there's conditionals to all of these things. And I don't think it's just a, a yes, no answer. I do think that opportunity is enticing. But again, like you have to really believe in your guy. You have to take a swing. Again, we understand that the Jets 
go up and take swings all the time and they usually miss. But I, I would say, like, if there is someone there you really want. I would totally understand that. I just I myself have some reservations on what exactly they want out of this draft for the Lions. So, yeah, I mean, they, and they have the flexibility where ultimately in the Lions favor is the flexibility where they don't need to be desperate. They don't need to overpay. But the the one point that I thought you made really well, Ryan, in, in your piece last weekend, in your column about trading up, uh, Brad Holmes won't be afraid to do it if, if he wants. No, he guy, has a right? track record of going up. He, he yeah. wants his guys. And and it's it's been my my slight criticism of, of him for two years is that he falls in love with guys and, and will will move heaven and hell to get him. And so it it definitely opens up the possibility of if there's a quarterback that he really, really likes, and he's been very sneaky about it this entire offseason, it's not out of the question. It's I'd I'd be surprised, but it's certainly not out of the question. I think and and the the kind of final point you made on on a couple of your columns this week was like expect the unexpected. Like we're sitting here with our hands in our pockets because there are so many different ways the lines can take this. And Brad Holmes has shown he can sit there and be patient. He's shown he can go up there and get the guy he wants, but uh, because the lines don't have any particularly pressing needs, they can really go about it anyway. And it's, it's thrilling and frustrating and anxiety inducing all at the same time right now. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good jumping off point. Um, and we can get back to trade up and trade down, but I, I think it's important to talk about like, what are the Lions' immediate needs? Like, where is there a hole on the roster that needs a definitive upgrade that you could fill at six um, with a player that can immediately come in and contribute? Because here's the thing, while, while I'm totally of the belief that the Lions have earned this opportunity to really go best player available and, and the draft the draft isn't about the team in 2023 necessarily. It's about the team in 2024 and 2025, because I mean, the reason why the lions are in this position is because of what they did in the draft in 2021 and they did in the draft in 2022. So it's a building process. And I think you look at their needs and that's why a lot of people want the lions to draft Jalen Carter is because the Lions have an immediate need on the defensive line. Do they have players? Yes, they have Isaiah Bugs, but we know that they want to use him on a more rotational basis. And yes, they have Ali McNeil, but you need more than just two dudes, yep. um, especially in the defense that they, they want to run. And ideally, the more guys that you can cycle through, the the better they are throughout the game, right, Jeremy? So that 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 that's where you're looking at. If you're going to fill an immediate need where the value meets the need Mm -hmm. it's if Jalen Carter falls to six. I would also say that like, it's fascinating because at the same time, if he doesn't fall to six, so you, you mentioned that six is like on that cusp of tier two and it's a struggle, right? Cause at one hand, we don't really have anyone that stands out as like that guy should really be next in line. You start to get into, but a lot of the ones you get into are cornerbacks. Now the Lions have gone out and signed a lot of quarter cornerbacks, but they've also signed them to very short-term deals. So at one hand, it is almost an immediate need to add some depth, just add just a little bit more depth, but at the same time, it's 
it would also be Jeremy for that longer term plan. If you are drafting that position, I I think though, that if you are seeking to draft cornerback, that is one place where trade down makes a ton of sense just because there's at least three options in that second tier for you. Yeah. I, I, I truly don't think anything's off the table with that six pick, like pick a player that you think is a top 10 talent, no matter what position offensive line included. I think is on board. I, I I truly do. And you don't have to look any further than the brand Holmes's comments, man, where he's just like, listen, when you start reaching for need, that's when you get in trouble. Just take the guys that you like. When we were in LA, St. Louis, whatever you want to call it. When, when I was with the Rams, we had a ton of defensive linemen and we kept drafting them because those were the players that were available that we really liked when we were on the clock. And so I know Skaronsky's not a, a, a popular pick, but it wouldn't shock me if the Lions did something like that. There's a long-term need at guard. There's potentially a long-term need at tackle a couple of years down the road. And and I don't, I, I know, I know there's a certain subset of Lions fans that need immediate contributions out of the six overall pick. I'm here to tell you that you need to free yourself of that. This is a better football team. And, and they probably won't be picking at six overall very often, hopefully. But even though they are, they have a good lineup right now and so that means your rookies aren't going to be playing as much as they did in the last year and the year before and so i would also say that i would also say that like because of how many rookies they've drafted this past year too like and how much contribution they've gotten from a lot of their draft picks you do have the flexibility of spending a year maybe down the line spending some of your future draft capital to move up if you absolutely need to it could seem expensive at the time but like the benefit is, is that it's not like you're putting your, you, you've, you've got yourself a slight surplus. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh there's two things I, I want to bring up to Jeremy, that last point about getting comfortable with the fact that, you know, the guy chosen at six, if the Lions stay there, doesn't need to immediately fill a glaring hole or a need. That's also you not saying that, the guy isn't going to do anything like obviously the guy drafted at six is going to play a role. He might be, if it is a cornerback, it might be a guy who plays in their, in their dime personnel. It might be a guy who, um, Hey, don't act like you haven't watched lions football. Like, you know, injuries happen, right? right? Like this isn't, this isn't just saying, Oh, you know, because I think a lot of people take that Jeremy, and they take that as you misconstruing how much talent is on this roster and thinking that the Lions are like making some kind of luxury pick. It is not a luxury pick from the sense of, again, you build through the draft and you build for not this year, but right. year and year and year after that. He's a long and, he's a long term investment. Whoever you pick, he is a long term right. investment. And they're right. going to be hitting that stride in year three and year four of their deal. And so you want to know what the roster is going to look like then. That's what you should be preparing yes. for. Right. Um, the reason why I was making the face at you when you were talking about drafting an offensive lineman at six, it wasn't because of that statement. It was because you said, hey, if there's a top 10 talent in this draft, you just draft him at six. A lot of people might think that is Bijan Robinson. But that, that, that's a separate conversation about positional depth, <laughs> which is, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot but of great I, kickers I, in this draft too. Yeah, but I think I think the the argument on Bijan is starting to be like 
his particular, it, it's like the arguments over linebacker. Mike, apart, like the traditional uh, hold, Ryan, on linebackers, especially off, especially on linebackers, is you're not spending draft capital in the top half of the draft. Well, Micah Parsons kind of proved you wrong for the Dallas Cowboys in that regard. And the talk about B. John Robinson is that in spite of that, we are going to running back by committees. In spite of that, each individual running back gets less and less snaps. His value as a receiver and his talent overall uh, overcomes that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. still, it's a running back. So it's I, I, Jeremy's still going to keep making faces. I go on, Ryan. It, no, it, Ryan, it, Ryan was it only has to do with positional value. That's okay. it, and I think that's a separate conversation than, than what I'm trying to have here. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I was just that's why I was making the face because I was going to be the <laughs> hey, but what if point Listen, um, guy? If they take if they take Bijan at 18, I'm not going to lose my mind like everyone thinks. at 18. Yeah. If they take him at six, I will lose my mind. <laughs> 18 not so much I, i'm not i'm not gonna be thrilled with it but listen i i understand a lot of people think he's a generational talent i'm not gonna sit here and our and, and necessarily disagree with all that but to to not rehash the whole thing over again running backs get injured more than the average position they're lower value so you're getting less de- less of a deal on a rookie contract than you are at almost every other position and it's it's a short-term investment in general because in general signing a running back to a second contract is not good and i understand people say well if you drive him in the first round you get his fifth year option you get a potential um franchise tag year after that so that's, that's i think right i think i think one thing i'll add to your that's- argument too jeremy is also like as i said because of the advent of running back by committee because nobody is a feature back anymore they're also getting a guy who's going to play probably less than most snaps but again yeah. that's okay this year right like I, I want to reiterate. No, but like I'm saying I'm saying like down down the line, down the line. any running backs for all running backs. I don't know how many, how much percentage DeAndre Swift got on snaps. I don't have that number off the top of my head, but like running back by committee yeah. does imply less time on the field for an individual back. I'm just wondering if there's an overlap of people who are like, no, the sixth overall pick has to play, and they're like. And that player should be Bijan Robinson. It's like, <laughs> do you know the Lions have like two other running backs on their team right now? Like, you want to talk about a guy who's going to get less playing time than, I mean, like, yeah, he'll come in and play for sure. But like, you're not drafting Jalen Carter level snaps or you're not drafting. I don't know. I can't think of anything else because the Lions really don't have a need. Right. <laughs> um it's just hard to sell Bijan Robinson when you then spent all the money on David Montgomery. And yeah, maybe down the line, you see him as uh, Bijan as the replacement. If you are drafting future, he's a replacement for Swift, but yeah, I, I, I know we're running short on time. I just yeah. have two other ideas I want to throw out about this. So okay. the, 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 the last one, of, one of my last points is um, just quick to, to Jeremy and talking about, you know, that, that tier of players that might go one through five, and then like, oh, if you can move back, move back. But I think that there's something to be said about like having your pick of that next tier of players, sure. especially for a team like Detroit, where that next tier of players, it, it kind of starts with cornerbacks, right? Like a lot of people have, you know, Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez. Um, those are the two kind of like front runner names. I, the, I just want to tell Lions fans that I understand that you've been hurt. I understand that the team took Jeff Okuda third overall and all of a sudden now like drafting a cornerback at six is being poo-pooed on by a lot of people. Um, It is a premium position in the NFL and drafting an outside cornerback. If you want to talk about 
um, value, it, it's a very good place to take a cornerback, um, especially for the contract that you could potentially get a guy. I understand that sauce gardeners don't grow on trees mm-hmm. um, for every sauce gardener. There is a trying to think of another cornerback. Uh, Jeff Okuda. It's fine. Jeff Okuda. The, Jeff Okuda I don't, don't, don't want to instant. I know. I, I don't want to keep pounding on Jeff Okuda though, but um, yeah, I understand. But like you, you hit on one of those guys. Yeah. That's a, that's a absolute steal of a deal. It's, it's great. It's fantastic. I, I not do, oh go on Jeremy. really quick I, I just that's having your pick of the litter of the second tier players is valuable right um we know the lines have a very specific type of player that they want and it's not a, a common trait that they have so if they view that guy is there even if they view everyone else as very close to him they probably will end up just taking them because there's there's not only a risk in losing such a like culture fit or whatever and, and you know i'm of course just thinking witherspoon because i feel like He's such an ideal candidate, but I think there's this idea that you have to maximize your pick. You have to optimize. You have to get every single like so min max, down. baby. You have to trade down, and if you have to go from Witherspoon to you know you know Deontay Banks, whatever it is, that's fine as long as you pick up another draft pick. And and I know we've been obsessing over getting maybe a first rounder next year, so that we can talk about quarterback next year. But at the same time get good players like that has been everything that Brad Holmes is about is like, let's not play games. Mm-hmm. Let's get our players. And so he hasn't traded down much at all in, in this draft in, in his first two drafts. And I think that's part of it is like, he sees a guy on the board that he really likes. I'm not going to risk losing him and picking up, you know, a day three pick a day two pick. I'm just going to get the good player. I know we're completely out of time, but I want to throw one more in there off of Ryan's like, Talking about another position that might send Lions fans into uh, into a fury, just even discussing it at this point. But and this is maybe more for eighteen, absolutely than six. But how much of a need is there for tight end? And again, I'm already running for the hills, knowing the history of the Lions drafting tight ends in the first round. I mean. Again, I don't. I don't want to talk about need. I'd rather talk about the players themselves. Like I don't. I don't yeah. think the lines are going to force a a tight end if they don't truly believe in it. And we've talked a lot about Darnell Washington and how he's kind of the kind of guy that we think might be a Dan Campbell type of guy. So if they're there at eighteen and they feel like that's the value for him, sure. But I don't. I don't think they're going to look at their situation in tight end and be like, we have to grab one that's going to start down the line or start this like that. That's that's the idea that I think they've been trying to tell the public that they've been pushing against and not just this year. Like I know they're set up well where they don't have any pressing needs, but again, I thought that was a good point that you made. Ryan is like, they've kind of been operating this way since he walked in the door, since Brad Holmes walked in the door, you just couldn't tell because they had needs everywhere. Now they don't have those needs anywhere. So they're just going to grab dudes that they like. So if they really like Darnell Washington, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Meyer, whoever it is at 18 and he's there, they'll take him. And not because they feel like they have a big need at tight end because they like the guy a lot. And so I'd support it. I'd, again, we're talking positional value there. Tight end's probably not high on my list of positions. I want them to be taking an 18, but if the player is right, they're going to pull the trigger. Yeah. I, the only thing I'll say to answer your question, Chris, is the, uh, the Lions spent, um, man, what was it like 10, nine games? Without TJ Hawkinson, and uh, if anybody wants to go check out the draft profiles on Brock Wright 
or Shane Zilstra or James Mitchell, um, you know, who ended up combining to catch nine touchdowns in 2022. I think that tells you everything you need to know about what the Lions know they can do with tight ends. Um, right. So, again, to Jeremy's point, I think that there's a specific kind of type that they might have in mind. Um, but, I, you know, I don't think they, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Again, that, but that's it, right? Like, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So, yep. We're, All right, we're here to tell you everybody that we have no idea what the lines are going to do. We have no damn clue, and nobody <laughs> does. That is the way we're going to end the Pride of Detroit podcast. This is incredible, Tent. <laughs> I know, I know. We are we are bringing you the hottest take here that nobody has a damn clue what's going to happen. So that's kind of a fun place to be in, though, right? And it's probably an advantageous one too. It's like the most interesting. Like there's nothing telegraphed. Yeah, that's right, baby. That's what makes the draft watchable, though, is especially when it's chaos. But we'll wrap it up here. Uh, we've got another busy week ahead. Uh, we have, I know it was on Twitch the past week, the Matt Mayoko. Uh, Am I saying his name? Mayo- Mayoko? I think Mayoko. Mayoko uh, interview is going to go up as our first bite series. I know on Twitch, we're, we're kind of like in a bit of a offset from Twitch on, I mean, uh, first bite on Twitch versus first bite on the podcast feed, just because we've been recording so many. Um, we'll have mailbag coming this week with Eric and Jeremy, Spotify Live as always. And uh the the only thing I want to say is like if you if you did not catch the Matt Mayoko interview yet, which again it's not on the podcast feed. On the yet, podcast feed, yeah. You're you're very much gonna enjoy that one. That was a great, yeah. great interview. And and Mayoko has a lot of good things to say about Emmanuel Mosley and the Detroit Lions in general. So you're you're yeah. not gonna want to miss that one. And as and once again. Thank you guys for our biggest month on record. It's crazy. Even bigger than anything we ever did in season, which seems silly, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm very excited for April for the rest of April and May, because uh, now we get draft season. Big stuff until then we will, uh, we'll get on out of here for myself, for Ryan Matthews, for Jeremy rising for myself again, for Chris Perfett. We'll see you star side. Pride of Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. 
go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.